It's Monday, January 22nd, 2018. I'm Herbie Newell, and this is the Defender Podcast, a daily encouragement to mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This daily podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm coming to you from Birmingham, Alabama. Well, this is our weekly Monday Bible study and call to prayer. Today, we are praying for the country of Bulgaria and are continuing our study on the gospel according to Luke. Today, we are joined by our VP of Engagement, Dr. Rick Morton, and Dr. Rick will walk us through Luke chapter 8, verses 4 through 21. All right, as we begin today, we're going to continue our Bible study in the book of Luke. Uh, today, we're going to be looking at Luke chapter 8, verses 4 through 21. Um, kind of the primary heart of this passage is the, um, the parable of the sower. Um, with uh, just a little bit of extra tagged along the end to help bring a little bit of illumination to um, to the parable. This is um, probably, no doubt, a, a really familiar parable to you, and so um, I will not read the passage, but we're, we're just going to delve right in and talk a little bit about um, what Jesus was trying to communicate to his hearers and what um, what we have the the potential to learn. And so in the parable of the sower, of course, we know that Jesus was teaching a large crowd and, and he, he taught them about the word of God going forth and how, how human hearts respond to the word of God, um, by, by talking about and using the illustration of, of a sower sowing seeds and the kind of soil that, um, that it would find, seeds would find root in. So initially, we want to acknowledge that the, the sower in the story is Jesus initially. And, and right, Jesus is talking about himself in, in casting forth the word of God. He is the living word of God. And so as he is, as he's teaching and as he's, um, as he's giving to the crowd around him. But, um, we also want to remember that, that this is a, a passage of scripture and that extends to us. Um, that we too have become sowers because we're in Christ. Um, John, in John chapter four, Jesus says, um, to the people around him, don't, don't you say there are still four months and then comes the harvest. Listen to what I'm telling you. Open your eyes and look at the fields for they are ready for harvest. The reaper is already receiving pay and gathering fruit for eternal life. So the sower and the reaper can rejoice together. For in this case, the saying is true. One sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap what you didn't labor for. Others have labored and you have benefited from their labor. And so Jesus is reminding them then that their reaping of, of hearts that have been communicated, that have had the gospel communicated to them. Um, but two, we also can draw from that is, is th- this idea that, that we will invest the word of God in people's lives. And sometimes we'll actually have, um, the, the great blessing and the great privilege, um, to be able to, to see, um, fruit reaped in their lives in salvation or in, in growth in Christ. Um, something else that, that we want to, we want to acknowledge about this parable is the seed, um, the word of God that's going forth and that, that like a seed, the word of God has life and it has power. Um, 
For the Word of God is living and active and sharper than any double-edged sword, penetrating as far as the separation of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It is able to judge the ideas and thoughts of the heart, right? The the Word of God is, is an active agent. It's not just a passive word. And so the Word of God has the ability um, and has the power and has the life within it to um, to bring life. And it has the ability to bring spiritual fruit. Like we see in Galatians 5, 22 and 23, the fruit of the Spirit. So the Word of God has the ability to bring forth love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faith, gentleness, self-control. All of those things are, are things that, that come and, and, they, and they grow up in our lives as a result of, of our lives being soft to the Word of God and as a, word, as, as a result of the Word of God growing and flourishing in our lives. And in order for something to be healthy, in order for a person to be healthy, they ultimately have to bear fruit. I know we've got this lemon tree at my house. My wife years ago planted a lemon seed and grew a tree and, and she's nurtured and cared for that tree. But I have to be honest with you, I don't like the tree. And the main reason I don't like the tree is it makes a mess and it drops leaves and we have to drag it inside and outside to protect it from the cold. And we do all this stuff to nurture it. And it's never once produced a lemon. So there's never been a glass of sweet tea that's had a lemon in it. There's never there's never been an enjoyment of a lemon pound cake because this tree has never produced a lemon. It hasn't borne any fruit. And so ultimately, it's really not any good. And what Jesus wants us to see out of this, this scripture passage today is that ultimately the good of the word of God comes when it's planted in good soil and when it takes root and when it bears fruit. But a seed ultimately can do nothing unless it's planted, right? John 12, 24, I assure you that unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains by itself. But if it dies, it produces a large crop. Now, ultimately, in John chapter in John chapter twelve, Jesus was talking about himself that he had to die in order for for the crop of salvation to come. But the the truth of that um, can be extended to to our lives and and ultimately as we die to self and as we live toward the Word of God. Now, Jesus in 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 Matthew chapter thirteen calls this parable the parable of the sower. There are a lot of people that call it the parable of the soil. And, and the reason is because, because it's, it's all about the soil. Ultimately, the seed is, is fruitless without um, the soil. And, and, and the, the soil without the seed is almost useless. And so, um, so we have to have this combination of the soft human soul with the Word of God. And if it's per- properly prepared, um, the, the, the human soul can receive the Word of God and produce um, a great harvest. And so, so in this passage, we see basically four different types of soil. One is, is the, the hard soil, the tread down soil. Um, this soil represents a person who, who hears the word of God and ultimately the, the and immediately the devil comes to snatch away the seed, um, and, and to take it away. This is, this, this soil, um, that Jesus talks about in the story is, is ultimately, um, soil that's been, been trampled over by many, many people. Um, in the first century, people would have created paths, um, for, for in common fields so that they could walk about and they wouldn't ruin the work that they had done of cultivating the land and making it ready for seed. And so these hard paths were very important, but they were also very used, um, and and they were they were very worthless to grow anything. 
And so what we have to remember is we have to be really careful what we allow um, to enter our heart and to walk on our hearts. That, that, that even we as believers, even, even we who have been soft soil and the Word of God's become implanted and has produced fruit, run the risk of, 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 of hard places around the margins of our lives. And so, so we need to be careful um, about what we allow to come in and what we allow at the, at the wayside of our lives. Second kind of soil that Jesus talks about in, in verse 6 and in verse 13 is, is shallow soil. In the first century, it was really common that, that there was a lot of limestone and there would be dirt that would kind of uh, form a little bit of a film or a little bit of a layer over the top of the limestone. And that when seed was scattered on it, if the conditions were just right, that they would spring up and, and they would grow a plant, but they couldn't, they couldn't be planted very deep because the roots would grow down and it would grow to the limestone and, and it would just go that far. And so what would happen is that these plants would spring up very quickly, but then um, the sun would beat down on them and it would cause them to wither because, because they were rootless. Well, ultimately the sun um, in, in the story represents testing and, 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 and the trials that, that we as believers go through. And, and, the, and the truth is that for a healthy plant with deep roots in the right condition, the sun is an important ingredient to its growth. Just like for us as believers, um, having the, the, the testing and the trying of our faith is an important thing to affirm our faith and to grow our faith and to, to conform us into the image of Jesus. And so as believers, we don't want to be people who, who look at trial and look at trial as, as always something evil or something negative. Nobody wants to go through trials. Nobody's, nobody's signing up for that journey, probably. But, but the truth is that, that probably most of us can testify to the fact that we've grown the most in those times when our, when our faith has been tested and when it's been tried. And, and so, so as believers, we can welcome and know that our faith is strong and that our faith will endure through testing. But, but for, for those who have heard the word of God and, and have responded to it emotionally rather than with their whole life, who have, who have, who have sort of jumped on the bandwagon, trial is dangerous because trial is going to lead them to, to sort of jump off and to, to jump on to the next good thing. Now, ultimately, that's not going to lead a person um, to the kingdom of God. Now, the third kind of soil that Jesus talks about in verse 7 and verse 14 is what we would call crowded soil. Um, this soil represents and illustrates the person who, who doesn't weed out the things in, in their lives that are, that are competing with Christ. This is about soil that, um, that make it harder to harvest, and, and ultimately, this is from a lack of repentance. As believers, we have to give the Word of God room to work in our lives. And the way we do that is by, by living responsively um, to the Word of God and, and, and living obediently to the Word of God. That means being one who, who confesses sin and repents and, and places sin as far away from us as we possibly can. Jesus talks about cares and rich, riches and pleasures of this life being weeds in the garden that keep people from being fruitful. And so a person with a crowded heart, they, they come closest to salvation, but ultimately they still don't bring forth fruit. And that's what Jesus says is ultimately indicative of a life um, that is that has been redeemed for Christ. And in the good soil, the, the seed that is planted in the good soil, that alone is fruitful. This is, this is 
illustrative of an individual who hears the word and understands it and receives it and truly is saved and rescued from 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 our sins and and proves to patiently produce fruit. First Thessalonians two thirteen it says, "This is what Paul says to the to the church. This is why we constantly thank God because you received the message about God that you heard from us. You welcomed it not as a human message, but as it truly is the message of God, which also works effectively in you believers." How do we know a believer is truly a believer? Because the Word of God is at work in this person. Now, not everybody's going to produce the same amount of fruit. Um, Jesus in this passage in, in, in Luke um, talks about the, the, produ- the, the crop producing a hundredfold. If we look in Matthew 13 at the account of, of, of this same story and what Matthew records, Matthew says in verse 8 of chapter 13, still others fell on good ground and produced a crop, some 100, some 60, and some 30 times what was sown. Anyone who has ears should listen. And so what we know is that, that, that all of our lives are not created equal. Each opportunity is not the same. Um, the, 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 the word that's implanted, what we, what we hear and what we respond to is different. What we have the promise of is not that every believer is going to kind of produce the same quantity of fruit, but what we, have, what we have the promise of is that every believer will produce fruit. That fruit may be winning others to Jesus in salvation by being a witness. It may be by, by giving resources and equipping um, and, 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 and funding the work or, or enabling the work of the kingdom. It may be through good works of kindness and things like we see in, in, in Matthew chapter 25, giving um, in the name of Jesus and respecting the Imago Dei and others. It may be through the, the developing of character like we talked about in Galatians 5 and in the fruit of the Spirit, or it may be in the producing of praise to the Lord by, by the praise that's reflected from a life that, that's lived to Jesus. We know that in this passage that we can see that Jesus wasn't really impressed by the crowd that followed him. And the reason was that, that he, he knew that ultimately most of the people that were following him and, and in this great crowd and this great throng didn't hear him. Um, he gave this story as a as a way not to not to keep those people from hearing, as we might interpret verses six through eighteen. Um, but but he he gave it to to try to illuminate and to try to illustrate for them. A. W. Tozer says that faith comes first to the hearing ear, not the cogitating mind. Faith is not a is not ultimately a construct of our IQ or our education or us being smart enough um, to respond to God's truth, but it's but it's a matter of having a heart of humility um, to to properly prepare our hearts to receive the truth of God and to live by it. And so Jesus wanted his hearers to hear the word and then to share the word. Um, Warren Wearsby talks about this idea of a parable. You know, a parable just kind of means a story to to cast alongside. It means to teach something new by putting the truth alongside something that's familiar. Wearsby talks about parables um, kind of in, in three stages. He says a parable starts off as a picture that's familiar to the listeners, um, but as you carefully consider the picture, it becomes a mirror in which you see yourself. And many people do not like to see themselves. This explains why some of our Lord's listeners became angry when they heard his parables and even tried to kill him. 
But if we see ourselves as needy sinners and ask for help, then the mirror becomes a window through which we see God in His grace. To understand the parable and benefit from it demands honesty and humility on our part, and many of our Lord's hearers lack both. And so we want to be the men and women that understand, that hear and receive the Word of God in honesty and humility, and and that, that we ultimately look upon Christ and who He is, and that we strain toward being more like Jesus. Ultimately, all of us who who the Word of God comes to rest upon, when we receive it, we become a sower, we become a light bearer, we become a transmitter of God's truth. Um, and, and we want to, to be those people like Jesus talked about, that as we receive more truth, we're able to give more truth. And so we don't want to hide this under a, a basket. We don't want to hide it under a bushel. Um, what, what we want to do is we want to, we want to show forth the Word of God and that as we grow and as we learn more about Jesus through His Word, we want to give that to the world. Now, the, the last couple of verses that finish up our passage today are verses 19 through 21. And, and in these verses, Jesus, his, his mother Mary and his half-brothers come because they're, they want to see him. And, and, and they can't get to him because of the crowd. And ultimately, Jesus says, um, says something that's kind of controversial. He says that, that my mothers and my brothers are the ones who, who do my will. And, and, and so is Jesus re- rejecting his family? No, what he's, what he's testifying is to a much greater truth that those who are in Christ and those who, who ultimately are a part of the family of God are those who have received the word and responded to the word and are now active and acting upon the word. We want to be those men and women who hear the word, don't, don't merely listen to it, but that we respond to it and, and, and we do based upon the living and active word of God. When I was a professor, I remember teaching classes and sometimes having students who would come in and they would, they would audit a class. I never really understood auditing a class. I mean, these students would have to go through the application process. They'd have to be accepted as a student. They'd have to fulfill the requirements of, of being a student of the school. But then they would make the decision to come and take a class and, and only listen. They wouldn't take the test. They wouldn't do the work. They, 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 they were merely just there to listen, but they didn't get the benefit of then being able to say, hey, I took this class and I performed well in it, and, and ultimately I showed myself approved. As a Christian, we don't want to be one who just audits the class of Jesus. We want to be men and women who listen to the Word of God, and, and, we, and we test it, and we try it, and, and, and we work diligently um, so that we can show ourselves approved and ultimately so that we can cast forth and, 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 and proclaim the word of God in word and in deed in every day of our lives in order to be able to bring people to Jesus. Thanks, Dr. Rick. And as we said this week, we are praying for Bulgaria. And so here's some ways that you can join our team as we pray for the country of Bulgaria. First, praise the Lord for a great relationship with our partners who advocate extremely well for the Bulgarian children. And those partners are Family National Association, uh, made up of Angela, Nadia, Maggie, Christina, and all of the attendants with FNA. And then also with St. Constantine and Elena Foundation and Elena who runs that great organization. 
Pray for these women's salvation and for our families to be intentional in sharing the gospel while in the country of Bulgaria. Pray for our partners as they receive children's files to put on the waiting children list and pray that they, uh, as they work day to day with officials in Bulgaria, that their relationships will remain strong. And, And we have so many children on our waiting list, all ranging from older kids with minor needs to kids with moderate to severe special needs. And the majority of them receive little uh, to neglectful care and the orphanage conditions are extremely tough and harsh. So pray that the Lord will send the families that he wants for these children so they do not continue to remain in orphanages in Bulgaria. And pray for the Roma children. You know, Roma people face just severe discrimination. Pray that Christ followers in Bulgaria would minister to this group of people and pray for families that are open to adopting Roma children because they make up the majority of children that are adopted from Bulgaria. Also pray for older children, many who will age out of orphanages and age out of opportunities to be adopted. Pray that the Lord would have great plans and, and, and go before them as they age out of these orphanages and out of these homes. Pray for just interest from families and special needs children, specifically families who are willing to adopt children who are older, who are a part of a sibling group, or have significant special needs. Pray that families who may be in a traditional process would would even consider the special needs uh, program and, and would consider the special needs that their families could potentially handle. Pray for our families who are in process as they wait and as they continue to prepare. Uh, We just praise the Lord for uh, one family who just recently uh, brought their child home. And and we pray for a family that will actually leave uh, next week uh, to to bring their son home. And and we have another family who just has a heart for older children and recently traveled to meet some teenage girls. And they're going to travel again in a few months to bring their children home. And pray for the gospel to go forth in Bulgaria and to reach the government leaders to bring about change in orphan care. Pray that the church in Bulgaria will be motivated to care for the fatherless, not just out of obligation or religion, but in response to what Christ has done for them. And pray for our team here in the United States that they communicate with our families as they communicate with the foundations we work with. Pray that Christ would be evident in our staff to the people that we work with in Bulgaria. And pray that the Lord will open unique doors so that Jana, Brianna, and Toria can advocate for the children with significant special needs. So let's pray to the Lord now. Lord, we just thank you for an opportunity to work in Bulgaria. We pray for our partners and we pray that we would have the opportunity both through the families that we send as well as through our staff to make known the richness and the glory of your gospel. We thank you for the opportunity to be able to speak your gospel to them. Lord, we pray for the children of Bulgaria, those with special needs, those who are Roma, those who are older and will be aging out soon. Would you just continue to to look out for them and to guard them and to direct them? And Lord, we thank you that you are a father to the fatherless and a defender of the orphan and a defender of the widow. Lord, we pray for your gospel to go forth to affect the gospel government and to affect the way that children are cared for. Lord, may people in Bulgaria come to know the saving grace of Christ Jesus, our King. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Well, thanks for listening to the Defender Podcast. For more information or to connect with me, please visit HerbieNewell.com. To partner with Lifeline, visit LifelineChild.org. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at LifelineChild.org. Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel through you to impact the life of a child? Please contact us because we are here to defend the fatherless. We'll see you again tomorrow for the Defender Podcast.